Welcome to the Dating After Divorce podcast. I'm your host, Shade Curry, and I believe every divorced woman deserves a romantic relationship where she feels safe, loved, and cherished. You can create the most amazing life after divorce, and I will teach you how. Hello, ladies. Welcome to episode 13. And today I want to talk about identifying a healthy relationship. Um, And I know a lot of what we're going to talk about is pretty commonplace. Chances are you know it. However, it's possible that you may not be applying it early enough in your dating process, um, or you may not know some of the signs that I'm going to talk about in um, the healthy, identifying in a healthy relationship. So um, I thought about this idea. I was reading an article about how federal agents identify counterfeit money, right? And a shout out to my friend, Pat, who used to work at the Federal Reserve Bank. And she had kind of told me about this years ago, um, that the way people were trained to identify counterfeit money was by spending a lot of time with real money. Like they didn't spend time studying what was fake. They didn't spend time looking at all the different ways that criminals created fake money. They simply trained the agents to be super familiar with real money, to understand all the different components of it, to feel it and touch it eight hours a day until they could identify how much it should weigh and kind of know what it should feel like between the fingers. They trained them to tilt it up to the light and look through it, to identify the holograms, to identify the little details that had been added to the money until just by looking at a bill for a minute or two, they could identify whether it was real or if it was counterfeit. And this is uh, kind of a universal way that people are trained to identify whether money is real or if it's fake. And this is a principle that I use with my clients when they are coming out of divorce and looking for a healthy relationship. The typical woman who has been through divorce, especially if you were married for a really long time and experienced maybe a really toxic, unhealthy relationship, possibly uh, being with someone who had narcissistic tendencies or you experienced some abuse, the odds are you're not very familiar with what a healthy relationship looks like. And it's not that you don't deserve to have a healthy relationship or you're not good enough for a healthy relationship. The trap is that you're not familiar enough with a healthy relationship to identify when a relationship is not healthy or to identify a person that you meet, whether it's online or through an introduction with a friend or you meet them when you're out and about, to identify that this person does not have the characteristics that I'm looking for for a healthy relationship. And if you're like me and then you add on um, a sort of unhealthy childhood on top of that, it's possible that you've gone a lifetime without really experiencing a healthy relationship, right? So if your parents had a toxic marriage or if there was abuse or neglect or trauma in your childhood, and then you went into a marriage where 
you were hoping that, you know, you would be loved and cared for and nurtured, but then that person also uh, was toxic or the relationship was toxic, then you really could potentially have had like 30 or 40 years of becoming familiar and normalizing unhealthy interactions in relationships as um, what you're familiar with. Like, it's just normal. This is what happens. I remember when I was in my first marriage, the thought that I used to think all the time was that, oh, well, relationships are work, right? You got to work at them. And I I talked about this in a previous uh, podcast episode that it was just so much work, but the work was producing nothing in the relationship because the relationship was unhealthy. It didn't matter how much I worked at it. It didn't matter how many books I read. It didn't matter how many changes I made. The relationship itself was unhealthy. So all the work was unproductive. So really the antidote to this is to become very familiar with a healthy relationship. And I often will send my clients on a scavenger hunt into the world um, if they've experienced kind of what I've described to find healthy relationships. I'll be like, I want you to look for people who are in healthy relationships, who are practicing healthy relationship habits, not like Instagram photos. It has nothing to do with Instagram pictures or Facebook posts. It really has to do with real flesh and blood people interacting with each other in ways that are healthy, dealing with problems, collaborating, nurturing each other, being there for each other. And if you've never seen it, then you won't know how to identify it. Even though you might have an idea of what it could look like, um, you may fall for something that is not the real thing if you don't know what the real thing really looks like. So in this episode, I really just want to discuss that. Um, Not at length. This is not like a super deep topic. um, But I do want to discuss um, a list of characteristics that I think you should really be thinking about at the early stages of dating. Um, the list for the person that you eventually get engaged to and get married to is a lot longer, right? For what's healthy in a marriage, like that list is super long. However, just someone that you decide to go on a second date with. So if, you've be, if, you, if you're texting someone, you go on a first date and they seem okay, you should have certain criteria that determines whether or not you go on a second date or you go on a third date. Very early in your interactions with the people that you meet, you should start to identify whether that person has the capacity to even have a healthy dating relationship or not. If the person does not have the capacity to show you just the bare minimum, right, of respect and decency and patience and um, just a fun interaction, early in the relationship, it's very unlikely that that's going to appear later down the line. So I encourage my clients to really be observing and thinking about the people that they're with, with a lot of um, intention and attention. And I talked in depth about that in the last episode, getting to the truth. But I talked about it um, from the perspective of, you know, dating the person, getting engaged, getting married. In this episode, I'm really just going to give you a short list of someone you should date. Like if the person doesn't have these things, they're not a healthy dating partner. And you should 
start looking for these characteristics in the world. Like just in general, um, I also encourage my clients to do what I call a, a relationship audit, which is you shouldn't have any relationships around you that are not healthy. So look at your friendships, look at your relatives. Like if you are tolerating unhealthy relationships at the level of, at the friendship level or at work, then chances are you will, in a sense, um, learn to tolerate that behavior and you're likely to bring it home in a romantic relationship as well. So here's a little short list of what a healthy dating relationship should look like. I have 21 things on this list. Um, The list for like committed relationships goes into like the 30s. But when you're dating someone, you really want to make sure that that person is 100% single and available for a relationship. It is amazing how many people will really um, be in relationships with other people, some of them married, right? Or some of them having no intention of going into a committed relationship with a new partner, but will be on there online just kind of looking for what they, whatever it is they're looking for. So some of the basic signs are the person is 100% single, like they're available. They are available for a committed long-term relationship, which is what you are looking for. They exhibit basic decency. They exhibit respect, like, hello, how are you? Please, thank you. Not so much the, hey, what's up? Or hello, sexy. Or, you know, unless you consider that respectful or, you know, acceptable in your dating life. But really, you should look at how the person refers to you. How do they talk to you even by text? What's the first line in their text? Is it respectful? Is it decent? Um, is that something you would entertain if you met them at work? Is that something you would entertain if you met them at a dinner party? Really don't want to entertain behavior online that you would not entertain in real life. Um, everything you do and everything the other person does tells you something about them. So you want to take what they do at face value and don't explain it away. Don't make excuses. Um, don't, uh, rationalize or minimize exactly what you see. So uh, the first three were 100% single, exhibits basic decency, respects you. Um, Number four is looks forward to seeing you and spending time with you and expresses that, right? Uh, So if you're texting someone and they disappear for three days, chances are they're not really looking forward to talking to you, right? Now, some of these ghosts will come back as zombies. I know there's a lot of fun terminology around online dating, but when a person isn't really looking forward to talking to you, looking forward to spending time with you, it's kind of like pulling teeth to set up a date. That's not a sign that a healthy relationship is getting ready to come out of this. Um, The person enjoys being with you and is eager to do it again. You enjoy being with them, right? And you're eager to see them again. So there's kind of like that mutual enjoyment of each other's company going on. Do you wonder exactly how divorced women just like you are meeting eligible men who want a real relationship and a commitment? They're doing it by dating with their core values. Your core values are the GPS that lead you to the partner you've been looking for. When you use your core values on dating apps, 
text messages, and at social events, you will easily connect with your true match partner without chasing, settling, or wasting time with non-committal men. I have taught exactly how to do this in the two-hour Core Values Dating Blueprint course available on my website, shadecurry.com forward slash dating. That's S-A-D-E-C-U-R-R-Y dot com forward slash dating. You will learn exactly how to identify your core values and use them on your dating profile, how to ask the right questions via text, and how to tell the right stories on dates so that you attract the right people and repel those who aren't right for you. If you're ready to meet your true match, hop over to shadecurry.com forward slash dating or click the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. Number six, he's interested in your life and in your story. He asks questions. He's curious without being intrusive. So there's a balance there, right? Um, You don't want to provide too much information to someone you've just met. However, if a person is looking for a long-term commitment, with you or is interested in investigating the possibility of a long-term relationship with you, it would make sense that they would be interested in who you are, you know, where you're from, what you're doing, and whether or not there's a fit. I caution my clients against the man who seems to have nothing to lose, right? You meet a guy and so in the first week, he's like ready to commit to you. It's like, wait, dude, don't you have anything to lose? In this relationship, a person who has nothing to lose is not really looking for a relationship. So that means that he was never planning to commit to you. He was never planning to marry you. And so he has nothing to lose by promising that he's in love with you or promising that he wants to marry you. So a person who is uh, looking for a real relationship will show some curiosity about you, who you are, and where you're going. Number seven, kindness and consideration, right? Like just basic human decency, like I said. Kindness and consideration is something you want to see exhibited early in the relationship. As soon as you start dating, um, does he show respect to the people that you all interact with um, on the date? Does he show you kindness? If you are late, is, is he sulky about it? Or is he understanding about it? If you um, have are not able to um, accept a date on, you know, when he offers one because of your schedule, um, does that turn into a control issue? Does that turn into sulking? Does he take it personally? All of those things matter. Um, number eight, you have some chemistry. If you're bored out of your mind when talking to someone, whether by text or over the phone or on Zoom during these days of COVID, then there's no chemistry, there's no fun. Chances are um, there's very little compatibility between the, the both of you. Um, in a healthy relationship, the other person would express that he thinks you're unique and special without being over the top. Um, he's patient and willing to take things slow. So there's not that forceful pressure very early in the relationship for you to commit to him or even him expressing the desire to commit to you super early. 11, he's emotionally available. 
he shares his own story, right? So um, sometimes you'll find a person asking you all of the questions and they're not revealing anything about themselves, right? That means they're not vulnerable. They may not be emotionally available. Kind of want to watch out for that because you want to be on an equal plane, right? You want everything that happens in the relationship to have mutual reciprocity in it. So if you're giving in an area, you want to watch that the other person is giving equally to the relationship in their own way. 12, they're open-minded, willing to think and grow in new ways. They exhibit some flexibility around their ideals and their way of life, um, which shows that they would be able to accommodate other people in their own life. Uh, 13, has self-awareness. So um, this is a whole podcast on its own, (laughs) self-awareness, but um, they understand the impact that they have on the world, right? You don't want to be a bull in a china shop. Some people just go through life really not aware about the impact that they have on the people around them. So you don't want a person who just says things and doesn't care about the impact that uh, what they say or what they do has on you. Uh, 14, I recommend that uh, the person you date has clarity around mental and spiritual wellness. Like they have um, an understanding of what it means to be mentally healthy, what it means to be emotionally healthy, what it means to be spiritually healthy. They know what that means and they have a practice that keeps them healthy emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Um, This may be a repetition, but 15... I listed open to growth, right? So building a healthy relationship requires growth on both your part and the other person's part. And if you're with someone who is not open to exploring areas of growth or areas of change that might be required in a relationship or even just discussing it, if they don't have um, a personal development path, a personal growth path, that might be a red flag. Number 16 is my favorite, transparency. So often people will say, I want someone who's honest. I want someone who will tell me the truth, right? Um, I prefer to look for someone who is transparent. So you could have someone who tells you the truth when you ask them the right questions. (laughs) But you have to know which questions to ask. What you really want to do is go one step higher and look for someone who is transparent. And a person who is transparent is self-disclosing. Like they don't wait for you to ask them 20 questions before they tell you something about themselves, right? They're actually kind of an open book without giving you TMI and unloading their own emotional burden on you. But they're an open book. And so when you ask one question, they give you context around the answer. Um, An example would be, uh, where do you work, right? And then they tell you where you where where they work, and you're like, hey, do you enjoy your job, right? Maybe a really good follow up question. And they tell you instead of saying yes, I do enjoy my job, they say I enjoy my job. They tell you what they like about it. Um, they maybe they tell you how they got into it, what's meaningful about the job. Like there's just a real. Um, conversation going on around the topic that shows you the person is self-disclosing, that they're transparent, that they don't have anything to hide versus a person who gives you yes or no answers to your questions. 
18, oh, 17, um, is interested in growing toward a committed relationship. So, I mean, this somewhat, it seems to go without saying, but I would just always double check. Like you always never make assumptions when you're with someone. Um, I was recently uh, rereading the book, The Four Agreements. And I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast as well. It's really one of my favorite books. And one of the agreements is to never make assumptions, right? Don't assume that just because a person nodded when you said something that the context in which you said it is the same context in which they believe it. You want to ask questions and you want to allow the person to show you who they really are. So a person might say, hey, I'm, I'm looking for a committed relationship. You want to ask, what does that mean to you? <laughs> right? What does a committed relationship mean to you? What is the timeline? Things like that. Um, 18, financial stability. Whatever that means to you, whatever that means to them, you want to clarify that. Um, but signs of financial issues tend to show up pretty early in dating or even financial compatibility. That tends to show up pretty early. So you want to pay attention um, about to where you're going, like for dates, is that they super expensive, you know, uh, restaurants or is there a wide range of restaurants that you're going to or is the person putting the burden on you to pick up the tab did they leave their wallet at home this these things really do happen um what are the uh what is their background financially and what is their lifestyle financially how do they handle money without going into the questions that maybe would come when you are actually getting ready to commit to the person um, 19 is compatible with you just in general, like, you know, children, religion, politics, personal values, geography, the basics, right? Like make sure that there is not a, a big clash or a huge difference in your lifestyles that would require like re a really strenuous amount of, um, flexibility on both your parts. If, if it's too much of a strain for you to uh, be together, like, so say you live two, hour, two hours apart or three hours apart, that's not really a good fit, even for a dating relationship, much less for a long-term relationship. If uh, one person has grown children and another person has a newborn, it's going to make it hard to kind of get together and date or even to enjoy the dates. You might find if, you know, one person might find themselves having to pick up duties they weren't really looking forward to picking up just in a dating relationship. So you want to make sure that those basics, those basics are kind of covered early in um, your discussions with someone you're dating. And then number 20 is that you're just, you're able to enjoy yourself when that person's there. I'm always concerned when a person is dating someone, but then there's just all this anxiety. There's all these, a lot of ups and downs, there are arguments, there's criticism, there's sarcasm. Like that's not fun. Dating should be fun. <laughs> I think as a general rule, dating should be fun because this is a carefree period. You're just checking each other out. There are no commitments being made yet. The first three, four dates should be a lot of fun and should not have a whole lot of anxiety um, happening at that stage. If you have anxiety happening early in the dating relationship, that's a sign that um, something's happening, your intuition is telling you something, or you are um, ignoring certain signs that are very clear. 
And you really want to take a look at how you feel around the person. Do you feel like you're walking on eggshells? Do you feel nervous? Do you feel insecure? Do you feel like you're not good enough? It could be a sign that this is just not the person for you for whatever reason. And then finally, you want to see if the person has the capacity to express affection, but not as a prelude to sexual activity. So there are people that you'll meet who want to hug you and kiss you on the first date, but not because they really like you or you're developing an affinity for each other, but just kind of like as a test of the boundaries, like where are we taking this? How quickly can we take it there? And what's interesting about those kinds of people is that there's always a lot of affection um, expressed, a lot of physical affection expressed as a prelude to sexual activity, but then you'll find that at other times when, you know, that's not on the table, then there's no physical affection. There's no holding hands. There's no peck on the cheek. And that really is a red flag. So these are like the 21 things that I suggest you look for early. So these are like early stages. This is not, these are not the questions you ask when you are vetting the person to get married. These are just the basic requirements for you to think about dating the person, going on a first date, going on a second date, going on a third date, just the initial period, the casual dating period. You really want to make sure that the environment is healthy, your interactions are healthy. And if you have not experienced a lot of healthy relationships, a lot of healthy friendships, you want to start there. You want to start with saying, what does a healthy relationship look like? Are my current relationships healthy? Am I interacting in healthy ways in my home and with my friends and in the organizations that I belong to? And if not, how do I begin to change that so that I normalize for myself the types of friendships and relationships that I want so that I can build the foundation for a healthy romantic relationship? So. This was just a quick overview of healthy relationships. I just wanted to kind of put these out there as um, like an add-on to last week's uh, podcast about getting to the truth and just something that you can run with and take a look at the people that you're dating right now and say, hey, what's going on? Are they healthy? Is this healthy? Am I healthy? <laughs> right? Do I um, do I even know what a healthy relationship would look like with me? And if you have questions around this, I would want love to invite you to schedule a call with me. Let's take a look at the relationships that you currently have. Let's look at the people that you're dating. Let's look at the relationships you've experienced in the past and um, identify if you have um, a gap between your relationship experience and healthy relationships. And I can help you develop a strategy for closing the gap so that it makes it super easy for you to know what a healthy partner looks like when you meet him. So you can go to shadecurry.com forward slash schedule dash appointment and schedule a call with me. It's a complimentary consultation call. And we can put together a strategy for you and also talk about working with me if you want to take the work further. Thank you so much for your time and attention, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening today. If you are ready to get married after divorce, I want to invite you to download my free eight video training specifically designed to help divorced women date with ease and get married again. 
head over to shadecurry.com to get started. That's S-A-D-E-C-U-R-R-Y.com. I'll see you inside.